This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away, so uh, do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Uh, I'm going to jump in here uh, to a story about procrastination, but I'm going to put it off for just a moment first, uh, to the email box, and uh, somebody wrote in very quickly here, and I think it probably is a concern that <laughs> You're gonna put you just caught the procrastination yeah, joke. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Stephen writes in, this is probably a concern that I, I think some people have uh, maybe maybe voiced only in their minds, and only a few people ever take the time to write in. And he writes in, he says, Hey guys, I don't think it's really accurate to describe Free Talk Live as your show. Ian dominates the interactions with callers and cuts them off before they're finished more times than not. Which is great, because it's his show. But the listeners don't take control of anything. Ian is firmly in control. So I think we should expound on that idea fairly effectively. Which, by the way, you were dominating those immigration callers earlier this week fairly, uh, fairly well, Mark. I, I must I, say, you know, we you interrupted me a few times. Jump in sometimes, um, but we don't say you get to control the whole show. Right? It's, it's not a soapbox where you get to to stand up and talk about whatever you want to talk about for as long as you wish to talk about right, it. Right, if that were the case, we'd just, you know, leave a, an open line on auto-answer or something like that and, and just let anybody... we wouldn't be on any stations either. Right. It's an interaction. Um, it's a conversation. Inter- it's a conversation be- between us and callers. Um, now, what we really mean is you'll get the opportunity to get on because when yeah. it comes to talk radio out there on the Joe Blow show... You're going to only get on if you're if you want to talk about whatever Joe Blow is talking about, and that's not true with Free Talk Live. Yeah, you can call true. in about anything you want to call in about, and you'll get a chance to say your piece. Now, if you say something that's not true, or we have a question um, question about, we're going to engage you on that as you say it, because I don't want to. Because I don't want to wait five minutes until you get done with your Dia tribe, in order to figure out what the heck um, you know right. you were talking about. Back at the um, you know, in the middle of it, some callers will just go on and on and on sure. and on, and that's just not entertaining. If I don't want to listen to it, there's a lot of other people out there that don't want to listen. And you know what this show is about first and foremost is providing an entertaining program for people to consume. Um, and if it's not entertaining, then no one's going to want to listen. And if no one wants to listen, no one's going to want to advertise. And then we're not no going to make show. any money. And then there's no more free talk live. Right. So we've got to keep – you know, they say in the radio business, they say that uh, in the talk radio world, the colors are the songs of talk radio. Sort of how in the music right. radio world, you're spinning CDs or uh, now they don't even do CDs anymore. But in the old days, um, you know, they played songs. And so the colors are our songs. And so why are some callers allowed to last longer than others? Well, because some songs are better than others. Absolutely true. <laughs> um, it's, it's not really fair to compare callers to songs when you think about – um, on Free Talk Live, there's original content being generated at any given time during you know the 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time that we're on. It's constantly original stuff. Now you can tune into the rock and roll station. Sometimes you'll you'll hear the same song on the two rock and roll stations in your town, or three or five, or whatever there are, and it's amazing. That's the same content they've been playing since 1973 in some mm-hmm. cases. It, it, but you know, people just well, want to hear them do, over and over we again. We do come back around to the same topics inevitably, and I mean, you different can't callers it. though. Yeah, that's true. It's like a different person singing the same song. Yeah, that's a good good observation. So anyway, it is still your show, and you can take control 
of the topic. You, that's what the point is with that. You get to bring up what you want. We don't dictate that on this show. So there, now you understand a little bit better. 1-800-259-9231 if you would like to take advantage of that option. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk about procrastination. According to Psychology Today, and I think this is an article, this is a, an issue that resonates with a lot of people. I think everybody, to some extent, has an issue with procrastination. Now, maybe there are some people out there, some golden individuals that don't have an issue with procrastination, but I know it's a problem for me. Um, I don't think it's an epidemic problem for me, but I feel like I could be a lot better in this department. What about you guys? You have, you guys have procrastination issues? Um, sure. There's always things I don't want to do, and I put them off, and sometimes they never get done at all. Yeah. I've certainly uh, been known to procrastinate before. I've so, got uh, we do goal sheets uh yeah. goal sheets all of us uh every Friday night right, right after the show we do our goal sheets. On my goal sheet has been sitting uh do will um I think it's been on there for 2 months now. Like a will there where you leave Last things will to people. And, uh, uh, testament. Yeah, I think uh I think I might be currently leaving uh some of my stuff to my Ex fiance from years ago. That's not good. Yeah, I really need to do something about it. Yeah, I've 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 had a couple of goals on my sheet that I just haven't gotten around to either. So I I would like to be better at this, and so we'll see what Psychology Today dot com has to say about it. There are many ways to avoid success in life, but the most surefire just might be procrastination. Procrastinator, uh, procrastinators sabotage themselves. They put obstacles in their own path. They actually choose paths that hurt their performance. Why would people do that? I talked to two of the world's leading experts on procrastination. There's world-leading experts on procrastination. Amazing. I would hope so. Joseph Ferrari, who's an associate professor of psychology at uh, DePaul University in Chicago, and to Morthy Pitchell, a Ph.D. associate professor of psychology in Ottawa, Canada. Neither one is a procrastinator, and both answered my questions immediately. Number one. 20, and by the way, these are the 10 things to know about procrastination. Number one, 20% of people identify themselves as chronic procrastinators. For them, procrastination is a lifestyle, albeit a maladaptive one, and it cuts across all domains of their life. They don't pay their bills on time. They miss opportunities for buying tickets to concerts. They don't cash gift certificates or checks. They file income tax returns late. They leave their Christmas shopping until Christmas Eve. So 20% of people self-identify as procrastinators. Hmm. Well, that's a difference. There's a difference between saying I'm a chronic procrastinator and I procrastinate a little bit. I, I think that well, it depends on what what you're talking about procrastination. Some things I do right away. I get them done. Other things, eh, like Christmas shopping, I'm not really interested in Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. I I don't like the whole gift buying experience. I don't really like getting gifts very much either. So I do often put that off until it just doesn't get done, and I buy somebody a card. Or something. <laughs> well, I, I think it's I think it's I, I don't think it's a big deal if the issue isn't important to you. I don't think procrastinating on something that's not really important is a big deal. I think that procrastination becomes a problem when it's affecting your life as far as things you do need to do, like they're saying here, paying the bills. That sort of thing. Yeah, you need to do that. I mean, you pay your mortgage on time, you pay your power bill, you pay your your gas bill, that sort of thing. Those are the issues. The issues of uh, quality of life, the issues of being comfortable, where your procrastination is getting in the way of that. Do you know anyone that's like this? Do you know anyone that would self-describe as a chronic procrastinator? If I so, know tons of people do like you? that. Yeah. Like? 
people I work with, for sure. Can you give me an example? Uh, well, the most recent one I can think about is yesterday I was talking to a young man that I work with, and he was telling me that uh, it was something about not paying his bills on time, and he just sort of said, oh, uh, well, I'm an underachiever. Oh, no, no. Wow. Yeah. Just sort of accepting uh, that as how he is and not even interested in being better. No. I think to some extent there's this um, youth thing around underachieving. Like, uh, you know, well, it's old cool people to be say, stupid. What's that? It's cool to be stupid. He's kind of, he's a college kid. He's pretty young, like 19 or something. And I think he's just still kind of got that mentality that it doesn't. doesn't yeah, like really older matter. people always say the kids are hey, underachievers. You know, they, like some people, you'll hear that conversation going on mm-hmm. um, from time to time. And, and then kids have sort of latched onto it at, and, and identify, self identify as that and saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a loser. Uh, but there was a Beck song at one point, uh, right. probably 10, 15 years old now. Um, I don't know. It's so sad. It is, isn't it? The whole idea that somebody might say, yeah, I'm a loser. Or plannings, plannings for suckers and, <laughs> and all kinds of things like that. So now is this the guy, Julia, that is uh, 19 and is proud that he drinks every night? No, that's, no, that's another one. one. Okay. <laughs> this guy's a music major at Keene uh, Keen State. 1-800-259-9231. Can you imagine that's your badge of honor that you drink every night? That's what you live for. Ooh. We'll continue. Well, and your parents are paying for that college. Yeah, 1-800-259-9231. The 10 things to know about uh, about procrastination, if anything, you'll pull away from this, is that there are people that procrastinate a lot worse than you do. We'll explain coming up. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so uh, enjoy those on us. And the features include the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners like you. WIKI.freetalklive.com is the place to go for that. That's wiki. .freetalklive.com The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 1-800-259-9231. Now, don't put it off. If you've got a problem with procrastinating, we want to hear from you. That's what we're talking about uh, to start the show out tonight, is uh, 10 things that you should know about procrastination. And I th- I truly believe that that everybody has this problem to some extent. Maybe some people barely have it, but I feel like it's an issue that at least I battle with, and I, fa- I feel like I get things done in my life. But I feel like I could get a lot more done and maybe this article will share a few tips uh, or some useful information that will help us all out. Yeah, I think the terminology chronic procrastinator probably uh, it, it, it's an issue of degrees. Kind of like everybody seems like they claim to be uh, have ADD. Well, you know, ADD is sort of an issue of degrees, too. Well, uh, the, the, the first point in this article was that 20% of people identify themselves as chronic procrastinators. That's different that's from right. just someone that procrastinates. Who knows the, if that's absolutely true, though? I mean, you know, you're filling out a survey, you're, you're suffering from one of your uh, maybe few uh, times of procrastination. Your bouts. Eh, I don't know that just because somebody identifies as a chronic procrastinator, you'd have to follow them around to know that, yes, they're family members if they're a chronic procrastinator. 
then you'll find Good out. Good point. Nonetheless, it's a serious issue, and uh, we could all probably use a little bit of improvement in this area. So, I would agree. The ten things you need to know. Number two. It's not trivial, although as a culture we don't take it seriously as a problem. It represents a profound problem of self-regulation. And there may be more of it in the United States than in other countries because we're so nice. We don't call people on their excuses like, my grandmother died last week, even when we don't believe them. Number three, procrastination is not a problem of time management or of planning. Procrastinators aren't different in their ability to estimate time, although they're more optimistic than others. One of the doctors, uh, the expert, says telling someone who procrastinates to buy a weekly planner is like telling someone with chronic depression to just cheer up. Number four, prost- uh, procrastinators are made and not born. Procrastination is learned in the family milieu, but not directly. It's one response to an authoritarian parenting style. Hmm. Having a harsh, controlling father keeps children from developing the, the ability to regulate themselves, from internalizing their own intention, intentions and then learning to act on them. Procrastination can even be a form of rebellion, one of the few forms available under such circumstances. You know, Mom and Dad want you to do something, some chore of some sort, you put it off as long as you possibly can. That sort of thing. Uh, what's more, under those household conditions, procrastinators turn more to friends than to parents for support, and their friends may reinforce procrastination because they tend to be tolerant of their excuses. Sure, it doesn't affect them. Number five. Not as much. Procrastination predicts higher levels of consumption of alcohol among those people who drink. Procrastinators drink more than they intend to, which is a manifestation of generalized problems in self-regulation. That is over and above the effect of avoidant coping styles that underlie procrastination and lead to disengagement via substance abuse. So I suppose you could, you could link in procrastination to drinking by saying the procrastinator is going to put down the bottle sometime soon, but never quite gets around to it. You know, he just doesn't have an, enough self-control uh, to regulate himself in mm. that way. Number six, procrastinators even tell lies to themselves, such as, quote, I'll feel more like doing this tomorrow, or I work best under pressure. But in fact, they don't get the urge the next day or work best under pressure. In addition, they protect their sense of self by saying, this isn't important. Another big lie procrastinators indulge in is that the pressure makes them more creative, or that rather time pressure makes them more creative. So, you know, they want to wait until the very end. Uh, The deadline is approaching to when they finally get their work done because it boosts their creativity. Yeah, having been in creative lines of work uh, most of my professional career, that doesn't really work for me, sitting down and saying, okay, I've got to come up with something. Mm -hmm. That really does not work for me. If I want to come up with something creative, the best thing for me to do is to sort of chew on that for a couple few days, um, thinking about it in the shower, you know, using the bathroom. When Time when your mind's idle. Mm-hmm. If I really need to come up with something quickly, I'll sit down and get everything away from me and give my, time, my mind a time to wander and sort of play with things. I, I think that having pressure on you uh, makes for worse creative, not better, for me. What you're talking about reminds me of being in school and writing papers. Yeah. Mm. And um, I didn't like school that much and having to write the papers. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say that probably the best thing to handle procrastination, do work you love. And and school, well, I agree with that. Because, again, school, most people feel coerced. They're forced to go. They're forced to read certain things. They're forced to uh, learn things they may not necessarily be interested in. And so inevitably they're not really too keen on getting the work done. And nor does school really build in any incentive to get things done sooner. It wouldn't be hard to do that. You could, I mean, if you wanted to help kids 
procrastinate less, you could give them bonus points for turning in their projects early. That sort of thing. Mm. You know, if you if you turn it in a week early, you get five extra points I, or something like that. I think teachers have done that before for sure. I've never encountered it. Really? I'm I'm sure I have. I don't recall it. Happening. You were all always punished for turning it in late, but there right. was never any sort of early completion bonus. Well, some teachers wouldn't let you turn it in late at all, and then some teachers were really lenient, and you could... I mean, I remember one time being in a college English class, and it was actually a while ago we read a story from that socialist Robert kid mm-hmm. that I went to school with. It was actually him. He turned in stuff late every single time, and he would just procrastinate for months and months and months, and... And I remember him turning papers in that were due the first quarter at the end after the class was over, and the teacher let him. I wonder if socialists are more likely to be procrastinators. I don't know. They said that op, um, the pro- procrastinators are optimistic. That's kind of interesting. Well, uh, they say that in this article. Yeah, they they, they do. Um, that's what they said there. It's sort of, I guess, it's optimistic about their ability to get things done. Right, but they're not. They're not yeah. very good at it. In fact, um, according to according to this, they lie to themselves. Uh, unfortunately, they don't turn out to be more creative in the very last remaining moments. They just feel like they are, and therefore they squander their resources in that they waited till the last minute to get something done. Now they don't have as much time to lavish on the project, etc., etc. Number seven, procrastinators actively look for distractions particularly ones that don't take a lot of commitment on their part. Checking email is almost perfect for this purpose, and Mm. I have this problem. I have this problem big time because I get a lot of emails, so there's always something new coming into the email box for me to look at. Even if if it's garbage. Right, even if it's garbage. And so what I really need to do is segment my day to where I only check email in certain portions of the day Mm -hmm. and getting myself on that track, you know, I'm the only one who's in charge of me, so I'm the only one who can enforce this, um, it's kind of difficult. And I've been struggling with it for a little while. Yeah, I think that um, anybody who has any problem with procrastination is going to have a real problem with going into business for oneself. I uh, would always have considered myself to be a a good, industrious, uh, profitable, uh, productive employee. Doing things on my own, I find that, you know, same problem with emails, uh, you know, they come in when I should really be making telephone calls to prospective right. advertisers. Yeah. And so so what I'm trying to do is segment my day and select certain time periods where that's my thing, is to check emails outside of that, not allowed to. Also, forums are a problem for me, too, because there's always new notifications coming in of people responding to threads on yeah, forums. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. And I just want to click them and read them. Uh, I've got to stop that. More on the way. You can take control. Procrastination coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce, you'll know first if you're on the list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. So we're talking about procrastination, and I believe this to be a problem that a lot 
lot of people suffer from, to varying degrees. Some people are chronic procrastinators. Others just have uh, the occasional problem. I think it's an area where everyone should strive to improve uh, themselves at because the more you do what you can do today instead of putting off until tomorrow, the more productive you are, the more productive you are, the wealthier you'll inevitably, you will inevitably become. And that's a good thing. My uh, great-grandmother, Pauline, uh, taught me a little rhyme in, in uh, German when I was young. Okay. She, she still spoke it. And uh, it was – I couldn't tell you what it was in German. I maybe make some noises. Okay. But, uh, Does it, was, it rhyme in English? A bit. Okay. Tomorrow, tomorrow, just not today is what all the lazy people say. That's true. You don't want to be a lazy person. Nope. So, uh, we're continuing the 10 things you need to know about procrastinators and procrastination. Uh, Checking email. Procrastinators actively look for distractions, particularly ones that don't take a lot of commitment, like checking email. They distract themselves as a way of regulating their emotions, such as fear of failure. Number eight. There's more than one flavor of procrastination. People procrastinate for different reasons. Dr. Ferrari identifies three basic types of procrastinators. You have arousal types or thrill seekers who wait for the last minute in order to achieve some sort of euphoric rush. Really? There Hmm. are those who are avoiders who may be avoiding fear of failure or even fear of success, but in either case are very concerned with what others think of them. They would rather have others think they lack effort than ability. Finally, you have decisional uh, procrastinators who cannot make a decision. Not making a decision absolves procrastinators of responsibility for the outcome of events. I think I would fall more in the avoiding category, not because I am afraid of failure or afraid of success. It's just that there are certain things that I just don't really want to do that much. Um, and so I'll put it off and put it off and, you know, check my email a bunch in between. Right. They they just didn't put just lazy in there, which... I don't know. When I'm doing it, I, I just get... That would be dist- avoidance. Yeah, just I just get distracted. I just find other things to do, and that's not good. Right. So I found that uh, I have this program called Chameleon Clock. It's a pretty neat little program. Uh, it runs at all times, and it's it's a clock that's got seconds on it. So it's very useful for doing radio, because I can very precisely see when we're coming to... Going to break and not going and coming back and that sort of thing. But it also has a handy little alarm feature as well. And it'll pop up a window on my computer and I do my work from uh, in front of my computer. So I'm right. constantly. Right, this works for people that sit in front of computers. Right, day. I'm constantly there. And so I can sort of regiment my day with this program. It'll pop up a reminder that says, hey, you need to do this in this time window right now. You've got something like that with your phone, right? You've got the uh, the Palm Pilot phone where you set right. alarms, and, and it reminds you to do things. I, it, it just, I carry it along with me, and it reminds me all kinds of things. Uh, that's that's the best. That's the reason I carry around the uh, the, the raspberry here, the uh, Palm Trio, mm-hmm. is because I, I I don't use the internet. I don't surf the internet or check my emails on the thing. It's just really nice to have a great scheduling device that's that easy to use and keep with me. And it's my phone. I have to keep it with me. Number nine, there are big costs of procrastination. Health is one. Just over the course of a single academic term, procrastinating college students had such evidence of compromised immune systems as more colds and flu, more gastrointestinal problems, and they had insomnia. In addition, procrastination has a high cost to others as well as oneself. It shifts the burden of responsibilities onto others who become resentful. If you don't do things... Somebody else has to. They have to pick up the ball, right. Procrastination destroys teamwork in the workplace and private relationships. 
Finally, number 10. Procrastinators can, uh, can change their behavior, but doing so consumes a lot of psychic energy. And it doesn't necessarily mean one feels transformed internally. It can be done with highly structured cognitive behavioral therapy. Well, I don't, of course, psychology today is going to recommend that you go and get yourself a shrink in order to procrastinate less. I think that writing down goals, like weekly goals, for example, is a humongous help. At least for me, I get... When I do that, and I've been doing that for, what, a year, year and a half now mm-hmm. or something, I get a lot more done now than I ever did before. Sure. having Writing something down makes it more tangible. And uh, right. secondly, you get a little boost. You get a little uh, uh, good feeling by doing something that you, you know, putting the check mark. Check mark. It feels yeah. good to have that check mark. And, uh, but there's one important factor to doing goals. And that is you have to have somebody else doing them with you. You have to have what they call an accountability partner. At least one of them. For us, we've got all three of us together. But if you've got at least one other person, you can do goal sheets fairly effectively. You have to keep to your schedule. You have to not put off the goal sheets because that can be a problem. I uh, I used to do goal sheets with my roommates before I was with you, Julia. And there was a time at which one of the roommates dropped off for whatever reason because some people, you know, they just they're not cut out for goals. They don't want to keep up with it. They don't want to keep doing it. They're just too procrastinating. Doesn't work for them for some reason or another. Right. They just procrastinate too much. And they don't feel good about themselves. Right. The goals, goals make them feel bad. Right. And so th- he dropped off, and I kept trying to do it myself, like keeping to the schedule myself and reviewing the goals on my own. And it was a matter of two to three weeks before I threw in the towel. So you've, it's really important to have somebody where you get together. Like you said, we do it after the show on Fridays. You get together and you review your last um, your last week to see how you did. And that way you can show everybody, well, you know, I did pretty good, 85%. Or I didn't do so good this week, you know, 50%. Even when I do bad, though, I don't really feel bad because I know that I did way more than I would have done if I hadn't written it down. Exactly. And, you know, goals work because... For one, clearly stating your uh, you know, achievable goals is you know great. Writing it down is even better. Because most people don't have goals for themselves. They may have some sort of uh, very... I want to be an astronaut. Yeah, nebulous goal out there into the future, like they want to be really rich or something general like that. But people really don't have very specific goals. If you want to be really rich, then you have to create little goals between now and then in order to get you from point A to point B. And they don't have those little goals. They mm-hmm. don't understand the process of, uh, of creating goals. Uh, you know, the, the goal people out there will tell you something like 97% or 96% of Americans don't have goals for themselves. And of the 4% that do, only a small percentage of them ever write them down. So, you know, d- just the fact that you're putting yourself in that very small percentage category of, of people that actually write down the things they want to accomplish in their lives already puts you ahead of the pack. And really, if you can keep up with it, and have yourself an accountability partner. You'll see some. I think you will. You'll see some amazing results. I don't know if it'll be miraculous or anything, but well, you'll definitely get more things done. It's not. It, it's incremental. You know, the yeah. the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Ooh, it's yeah. Is of, that Confucius? I don't know what it is. It's it's one of those things that it's one of those little sayings that works. Right. Um. <laughs> it, but it's all about steps. Each you know doing the goal is just a matter of steps. Mm-hmm. So it never feels like you're getting. You know, this huge thing accomplished, it's just getting little things along the way. And if your goal is to be wealthy, which most people have that as a goal, well, you get there step by step. You don't get there all in one day. I mean, that's why lottery tickets, uh, you know, is such a lucrative business is because people think that they can do that. Mm. You can't. Yeah, they can jump the hurdles, so to speak. Yep. 
1-800-259-9231. I heard a uh, commercial recently. I think it was the New Hampshire Lottery. They were airing a spot that was encouraging people to play responsibly. Mm-hmm. We want you to to uh, to voluntarily pay this tax, but uh, pu- but voluntarily pay it responsibly because that's really all that the lotto is. It's a a tax on the poor people, a tax on poor suckers. Um, because there's very very little chance that you'll ever actually win the lotto. One in Fourteen At million. At least it's voluntary. Yeah, it is voluntary. People but, voluntarily, people like to play the lottery. I don't understand it, but... Well, there's that chance. There's that uh, chance so far out that they might actually strike it big. So when it gets really, really big, you don't feel more of an urge to, to play? Cause I don't pay attention. The, I wouldn't know when it was that's big. That's the only time I ever feel like feel the urge is when it gets $100 million. Yeah, I, I felt that way when I was younger. Now I just don't care at all. 800-259-9231. Eric and Dave on the way. Your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com. All the features for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help voluntarily support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of anything you purchase. They've got 41 categories for you to shop in. Huge selection of merchandise from little stuff all the way to big ticket high dollar items. You'll find it if you're looking for it, most likely at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free super saver shipping on a lot of their items and great prices, great deals. Uh, all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com. To the phones, Eric in Vancouver. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. What's on your mind? Uh, a couple of days ago, I think I called in, and uh, Ian was kind of mocking the idea of a nation-state, saying that it's nothing more than an invisible line drawn in the ground or something like that. Mm, okay. Right. But uh, my question is, isn't property the same thing? It's an invisible line that you draw in the sand or the ground or wherever you say and say, this is mine? That's a good point. I, th- I think that you do have a good point. Um, as far as it being an invisible line. But I think that the major difference between private property and in some sort of a state is that with private property, it's been legitimately purchased. Well, it's also been homesteaded as well um, in most cases. You know, I could go, considering it's my property, I could go and paint a very visible line around the outside edges if I wanted to. Um, and in the world of the nation-state, that's just sort of this uh, concept that's out there. Nobody actually owns the public property. It's owned by everyone and, you know, all right. these sorts of that's silly probably, ideas. That's probably the biggest problem with it because not only do you take an imaginary line, but you give it to an imaginary organization. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to an imaginary line given to a real person. Right. So th- there, is a, there is a real way to determine who owns property, and that is, well, time and documentation and, uh, and you know, who's actually there on it at any given period uh, versus this nation or public property where there is no way to determine ownership. It's claimed, uh, claimed by everyone. Does that make sense? I, I see your point. I was just trying to point out what I saw as kind of both are irrational in nature if we're yeah. looking at invisible lines. But, That's a good um, point. Uh, I, I guess the other question is then how in a stateless society would these dispute resolution companies recognize property? Like how would it be that they could even recognize it? 
Well, um, I would I would think that we would. I mean, everybody's got plots what? of lands. The property's already outlined. It would just simply be, uh, you know, where your property is. You've got a survey that shows where your property Usually is. Usually, you you have photographs that can prove that something is yours, and and or you have people that will say yes, that's his iPod, that kind of thing. You've got uh, you've got a. I mean, uh, if you have to go and prove what property is yours, are you saying what legitimately makes property belong to someone, or are you asking? Um, how am I going to prove that property belongs to me in a uh, world without laws? Well, no, it would be the latter question. So the, your solution is that we use predefined government uh, boundaries of property in a stateless society. That kind of seems contradictory. No, I don't think that that's the case. I think what you're talking about is co- common law. And, um, it, you know, when you're talking about people owning things, property has been around a heck of a lot longer than government has. That's true. I mean, you know, I sit in my stug, my stick. Right, because Ugg went ahead and uh, he, he, he took the branches off the stick. He improved the stick. He made that stick his and did things um, in order to make that stick. If Ugg could sell that stick to somebody else, maybe it's sharpened and, he could, and it's well balanced and you can throw it and kill a rabbit, then he makes money and that money of, you know, whatever that money is, trades it for something of value. That's his. If he begins to make a bunch of sticks and everybody wants the sticks and, you know, he makes more, accumulates more wealth, buys something bigger and better you know that's sort of the line of property just because uh just because government provides a service today in that uh, whatever the bureaucracy is that holds the titles to the land or the you know determines what land is right. called what and that, i don't know what that bureaucracy is just because the government called. jumped in front of the uh property parade doesn't mean that now the property property parade belongs to the government that's nor does it mean that, for their trap right nor does it mean that uh, the property lines would disappear in the event that government were to go away it would just simply fall into uh private hands it it would be handled on a private basis. Um, when I hire a survey company to survey my land, um, when I'm purchasing a home, that's an independent uh, organization that comes in and, and demarks where my property ends and where my na- uh, my neighbor's property begins. And uh, in a, you know during a, a home sale, that's something that's going to be fairly critical. So as soon as property changes hands, the person who's going to be purchasing that property is going to be very interested in knowing exactly what it is that he or she is getting. And there will be there will be agencies in the uh, the free marketplace that would provide that service. It, it's just being done by the government now. That will be one of those actual useful services that government provides. It'll be just simply be handled by the marketplace. Eric, your final thoughts? Uh, I, I can see it work theoretically, but I still think there'd be lots of people disputing over who owned what. And I don't know if it worked. The thing about the government is it's good that it's arbitrary because it can arbitrarily assign property. So it makes it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, well, it, it makes it simpler. Well, if it's a dispute, then you've got to come to the table with evidence. And if you don't have evidence of ownership, then you don't have ownership. And let arbitrators decide on that. Eric, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. I don't want an. I don't want a government arbitrarily deciding to hand my property over to somebody else because they may be more politically connected than I am, or something like that. If someone comes in and says, "This is my chunk of forest," and I say, "No, this it's my chunk of forest," and I've actually done things to that chunk of forest to prove that it's mine, and I. Can can take that to an arbitrator and say, look, here it is. This is my chunk of forest. I've owned the title here. I've, uh, I've homesteaded. I've put up a fence. If I haven't done anything to the chunk of forest, then arguably, you know, first come, first serve, that sort of thing. Homesteading would be a little bit more, uh, I think, important in a, uh, in a free market world. But um, I don't think there'd be a problem. And when it comes to the government controlling uh, leads, uh, deeds and, and land, you know, uh, ownership and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. things that like what happened in New London, Connecticut, happen. 
the government decided that those people, those hundred homes in New London, Connecticut, in the uh, Fort Trumbull area, they didn't belong any longer. It wasn't important enough that those people owned those homes. Some people, generations, generations yeah. um, some people's families had lived in there hundred plus years in those houses right there. That didn't matter to the government. The government of New London, Connecticut, decided it was more important that Pfizer build a, um, a corporate headquarters there, and it would bring in more tax revenue than that old crappy neighborhood. So they knocked down all the houses and gave it gave the property to Pfizer. 800-259-9231. Dave in New Hampshire, you're on the line on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Very what's good. on your mind? I wanted to let you know about the latest in my uh, outlaw leafleting saga. Oh, yeah. Okay, just to recap, it's been, what, almost a year at this point? You yeah. You went down to uh, an IRS office here in New Hampshire, and you uh, you had a leaflet with you, and you handed it to one of the IRS employees, and then you set one more down on the desk of another IRS employee, as I understand it, and they charged you with distribution of handbills, some sort of federal crime. You went to court. The uh, You tried to put up uh, a defense in the name of freedom of speech, the right to petition government for well, the redress of grievances. Well, not freedom of speech, but yeah, the right of petition, which is specifically spelled out in Amendment 1. Right, it's a First Amendment, it's a first amendment right. Um, and you basically said, look, I'm petitioning the government, and this is how I petition them, by typing something up and handing it to them. And they said, well, you put it down on their desk, so that's littering, or something like that. I don't remember. Well, they, didn't, they didn't charge me with littering. Right, they didn't, but uh, that was their excuse. They said it was okay that you handed it to one of the employees, but the fact that you put it down on one of their desks, they didn't want it, they didn't take it from you, so therefore it was distribution of, of uh, handbills. And then they charged you $125, which you did not pay. Where are, Where is this now, Dave? Well, they've uh, hauled me into court twice since then because of the fact that I didn't pay. And uh, the next thing that will happen will be on July 17th. They sent actually marshals looking for me to hand me uh, the summons this time. Mm. And they will, uh, they will put me uh, into a hearing for... Uh, what they call a show cause, it's a show cause hearing. I'm supposed to show cause why I should not be held in contempt of court and face a maximum $5,000 fine and a maximum 30 days in jail. So what are you going to do? I mean, it, it would seem to me that you have a certain level of contempt for their court. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, I'm not sure that having contempt for a court is necessarily a bad thing. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll I'll probably go just like I've gone before and tell them what I've told them told them before. You know, that they're in violation of amendments one and ten, and um, if they want to violate those amendments. I can't stop them, but I assure I'm not going to help them. What, so in that case, you are obviously not going to pay the hundred twenty-five dollars, nor are you going to pay the five thousand dollar fine. Should they slap you with that? And uh, what about the jail option? Are, what if they throw you in the clink, man? Are you? Or if they throw me in the clink, then I go to the clink. All right, then we're going to have to rally behind you and uh, and bring as much attention to your case as possible and call a bunch of bureaucrats and uh, let them know that we are not very happy with this. And that, that's going to bring them a little bit of unwanted attention, I think, if they go that route. I don't know if they realize that yet, do they, Dave? I, I bought They do seem to be a little rattled. Um, but, the, yeah, if, you, if folks want to get the latest information, just go to calendar.nhfree.com and you know, check the July 17th entries there. And I'm, I, uh, there. I'm hoping I'll be able to make it out to that. I've, I've made it to, I think, both of them so far, both of your court trials, so I'm hoping to attend as well. Um, otherwise, I'm sure we'll get an update. If uh, you're in a jail cell, someone will, will clue us in. <laughs> Dave, thanks for the call, man, and good luck next week. 800-259-9231. I guess it's a week and a half. Anyway, more on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls here, and then we'll get to an email about how we're race traders. Is that right, Mark? Yes, race got traders? that uh, race trader uh, email right here. I don't know what that means. We'll find out here in a moment. But first, to the phones and to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Frank. Doing. I want to wish Dave good luck with his case, and I would just advise him of this, that he should write a brief uh, before his next court appearance, and in it he should basically state uh, the First Amendment, and uh, again, it would be very easy for him to go to any law library and go through constitutional holdings regarding uh, his ability uh, to petition and to express free speech. Uh, secondly, well, now let me say something though. You're talking about Dave in New Hampshire. He's a protester. He um, was he wasn't arrested, but he was fined by the federal courts for what they call distribution of handbills. Um, Basically, he handed a a leaflet to an IRS agent, and they didn't like that very much, apparently. So apparently, it's illegal to hand the IRS your own paperwork, but they can hand you all the ones they want. Well, the the judge, he's he's I've seen him uh, present his case in front of these judges, these federal judges. And they just don't care about what he has to say about freedom of speech well, or the First Amendment or the case. right to petition. It's a constitutional case, and what he should also do is contact the American, uh, the ACLU, to write uh, a friend of the court brief on his behalf. And I think right now that uh, he does have uh, the ability, even within uh, a federal uh, agency, to express his free speech and to petition, provided he didn't do it in a disruptive or a violent or a threatening or an abusive manner. And I think if those places... I think they're going to claim that he was disruptive by placing the piece of paper on the IRS agent's desk. Well, the law is very specific with regard to what constitutes disruption in the federal government. And usually it's the threat of violence, it's vandalizing property, it's uh, assaulting individuals... Things like that. But the point is, since it is a free speech case and it is in the federal courts, uh, you know, it, it, it really, uh, he should take this very seriously. And I think he has solid grounds. But secondly, what I wanted to mention was the lottery comments. Shame, shame, shame on you guys. What? The lotto is a wonderful way for individuals to learn and to work with probability and statistics. But a lot of people don't learn and don't work with that probability or statistics. Nobody's nobody's buying a lotto ticket thinking, boy, this is really interesting statistics experiment. They're buying it because they want to win billions Absolutely. of dollars. I, I've with heard... The, go ahead, I'm sorry. Continue. I've heard that the chances of actually winning the lottery, as in the big lottery, not the small little ones, but uh, winning a lot of money in the lottery, are... Uh, you are more likely to become the president of the United States than to win the lottery. No, that's not true. What's interesting is that the, the odds of winning a lottery, whether one person plays or a billion people play, is determined by the numbers, the numbers uh, that you pick from. So it would be the complete set. If it's five out of 56 numbers, the statistics uh, about winning regarding probability are the same if one person plays or the whole population of the planet. That's true. Plays. 
But what also is important is this. For all of those that played the lotto, and with the falling dollar, you always should take the cash option, never the 20-year, the 25-year annuity. Good point. Because with hyperinflation, uh, in all probability, the fund of money will not be around in 20 years to pay <laughs> yeah. off the winners. Yeah, I think that's a sensible point. If you are going to be a sucker and play the lotto, that's the way to get it, is the uh, the cash payout. Thanks for the tips, Frank. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. But, you know, he's, while he's right um, about his statistics and about how you should get paid out if you're going to play, statistically, a, um, very few, uh, statistically nobody who is uh, listening is going to win. That's correct. <laughs> Statistically, it's an awful idea to play the lotto. You're just throwing your money down a rat hole. Um, you're much more. Uh, you'd be much better off taking all the money that you spend on the lotto and putting it into a savings account or uh, putting it into your mortgage payments or something like that. Put it somewhere where you can actually get it to work for you instead of just throwing right. it away. I don't think I'd go for the savings account option. They just don't have enough interest. But saying. if you have a mortgage, um, absolutely, it's a good place to put it. Probably a better place to put it is mutual funds or something Do like that. Something another another thing it. to look at is um, probably I don't know just just a number twenty percent of your money should be in uh, precious metals simply because who knows what's going to happen eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one so lotto's are just they're just bad and they'd be a lot better if they were legal in that if we could run like the free talk live lottery or there could be anybody out there that wanted to run their own lottery then we'd have competition in lotteries that's what they call running numbers back in the day is it was a gang activity now because it's always been illegal now the big gang does it right they've got a monopoly the government has a monopoly over lotteries and if they didn't have that monopoly anymore and anybody could run numbers they would run the government out of business the, very yeah, right very the quickly they wouldn't be able to compete and then the odds would be a lot better the jackpots may not be as large but the odds of winning one of them would be a heck of a lot better mm -hmm. because they'd be competing on the basis of odds well you want to play my lotto because the odds are better no, sure. you want to pay my lotto because the odds are better and the prize is higher. You know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. They'd, they'd compete like that. And, you know, it's it's always seemed wasteful, even though I, I generally play on the, the big pots. If I do play at all, it's mm -hmm. probably been a couple of years since I've even bought a ticket. But if I do play, it's because they've got it up to $97 million right. or something like that. It was. It would probably be um, more enticing, or at least a better way to distribute the money, if you gave out prizes of, I don't know, $500,000. Um, to a bunch of winners rather than one big, huge cash prize. I don't know. I don't think the lotto has a problem enticing people. I think they do well, just the lotto fine. doesn't have a problem because the lotto is the only game in town. Right. What they should have is uh, everybody should anybody who wants should be able to run numbers if that's what they wish to do. And do if we, we lived in a free country, that's the way it would be. Right. Now, do we even need to point out the fact that in most states where they claim that the lotto money goes to education... No, I was just going to say that. Yep. It doesn't. It doesn't actually go to education. It goes to a general pot, and then a certain percentage of it goes to education. But they really push that on billboards. I remember it, Florida; it was a really big deal. Well, in Florida, the way it goes is they they all the money goes to education. It's just that the money they would have put in education, they, they don't necessarily um, you know spend as much as they would. So yes, all the money went to education, but right. all the money that would have gone to education otherwise didn't necessarily go from the general fund. Right. It's a shell game. And I, I believe Alabama has um, a lottery system where they the uh, you know the proceeds from the lottery all go towards a scholarship fund for Alabama students to go to school. 
Not I that, think not, that's probably the best thing. Yeah. If they created something new, it's probably the best way that it's done. It's still, there's no competition, and sure. it, the, the lottery's inefficient as and, a result. And even if the money did go to education as extra money, not that that would make government education any better. It would just enrich more administrative bureaucrats. Well, government education does get better when you throw more money No, at it's it. not really true, Mark. Look In at some the cases, statistics. Look at the statistics. They've been throwing more and more money at government education, and test scores have been going down. So, I'm sorry, that's not even the case. It may be true that the government can get a road built if they throw enough money at it, but as far as educating your kids, no, that doesn't work. Government just doesn't work when it comes to education, period. And money doesn't solve the problem. Well, I, I, I will say that government is not good at education. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. John? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I, I in no way whatsoever speak for Dave, but I was there and saw him address a judge and the fellow that just called in thinking that he needs to talk to lawyers and look up all this fancy stuff. Dave talks to the judge about two issues. One is amendment number one on the Bill of Rights, and then just in case the judge didn't quite get it and he didn't seem to, he says, well, let me run number 10 by you, and he reads these things to the judge. Dave, I don't think, is looking for some fancy legal argument. He's looking to make a case that he's a free man living in a free society, and on top of that, there are constitutions who... The judge is sworn to uphold, uh, supposedly, obey the Constitution. Yeah. Dave is not. You know, all the law and order type, the, the conservatives who say that we need to follow the law. Yep, there's no doubt about that. And uh, and we'll watch what happens the with the people. The, the law is the Constitution. They're the ones that need to follow the law. And, and that's again, what Dave's trying to get him to do. He's, Dave, he's trying to make he's a stand. That judge. Yep, he's trying to make a stand on the, the Constitution, and uh, we'll see how it works out. It hasn't done very well for him so far, and we'll keep you up to date. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free, including the bulletin board system. We've got about 250,000 posts. We're getting close to that mark, at least. And over 1,500 people interacting there. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues and fun stuff. All there for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, and they record every call, so they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800 544 That's 1-800-544-6359. For SACL CAI, as we return to the phone calls to William in Kansas, you're on Free Talk Live. William? Hello there. This is uh, Ian, uh, Ian, Mark, and Julia, right? That's That's correct, William. What's on your mind? Very good. Okay. I hope I don't slow things down here too much. Let me give you a little background before I get into the main topic. I uh, just sort of stumbled onto your website today. Oh, excellent! I uh, thought I'd give uh, give a try to, to talk to those as many folks as I could. Great! I'm uh, in Kansas. I'm in in an underground shelter that which I have built myself. You got wow. yourself a bunker? It's a bunker. That's great. I have uh, an automatic uh, solar panel uh, emergency lighting system running. I'm getting ready for other systems. Hopefully, eventually within the next year, 
You've got a bunker that's off the grid? I built it myself, self-designed. I, well, I, I when I say off the grid, does that mean that you get all your power? No, b- no, no. You it's generate not off the grid. It's not off the grid yet. Gotcha. But uh, that's the goal. And well, yeah, if you're going to have a bunker, year. it's got to be off the grid. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know, you, i got to do it slow because I'm 60 years old here. Sure. Gotcha. Now, why, why, now why? why do you have a bunker? What do you well, want? basically, um, here's my philosophy. I uh, plan for the worst, but I hope for the best. You really are planning Good. for the worst with a bunker. I am planning for the worst. I, I see the future as extremely black, but I always keep hope going. That's why I'm still alive. That's good. Okay. Um, what do you see happening, little, uh, like nuclear holocaust? or? Well, uh, it's uh, probably uh, multiple uh, catastrophes are in the, in, the, in the cards here for the human race. I'm praying and hoping that it doesn't happen, but I'm, uh, I've been on the fringe elements of, of society pretty much all my life, and I'm a truth seeker, and I have uh, examined uh, society from many different aspects, mm-hmm. and I see we're headed the wrong way in so many different ways. And when I get to my main topic, hopefully you'll, it'll put it all together here. But again, I'm in an underground shelter here. Got it. And I, I appreciate your show because uh, even though I've only listened one day, I can tell your, your main emphasis is change. And we definitely need change. No doubt. You got, no doubt about it. And you guys have a high energy, and you and Julia and everybody have a high energy f- force going to try to get change. But you're running into a brick wall. You've got to take a kind of a round the corner approach to this. And this is how I believe, I pray that it would happen. Okay. Getting to the main topic here. To change the way things are, you need a, a basic change in, in human nature. And the simplest way to do it is for people to stop killing beings and eating them. Wait, and wait, stop, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? <laughs> this is Cannibalism? Not, no, stop, stop killing beings, okay? Now, a wait a minute. Are you animal, talking about chickens? Not any being. Any being. Oh, we William. Not, we, no, okay. We, I was with you up until this point. You're telling okay. me I can't have my chicken? Okay, now listen Now listen to this. You can understand here. You know what artificial intelligence is, obviously. Yeah, it's programming. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there is no doubt that artificial intelligence is being developed, and as it is being developed, it will reach the point like in uh, Terminator where it can augment itself. Maybe and, theoretically, I suppose well, it's, it's possible. Well, it's almost uh, undeniable uh, extrapolation. But wait, how does that tie I in? I can't wait until to, to hear how you tie in vegetarianism oh, it, it to extremely AI. Okay, go ahead, when please. Artificial intelligence reaches the point when it can communicate and understand the language which animals use to communicate <laughs> to, to with one another. Then they will be able to communicate. So you're saying so? Wait, you're saying that the Terminators will come out and they'll find out they're going to find out that the little animals don't want to get eaten and they're going to come to their defense and kill all the humans. What I'm saying is, what will you say to a a a computer or artificial intelligence when it allows you to speak to say your pet or the animal you're about to kill to eat? What will you say to that? Or what I'll say I'm hungry. I'm hungry. By the way, I'm not doing the killing. It's some man in a factory somewhere that's doing the killing, not me. Well, uh, you know, you can hire uh, someone to kill your wife, and uh, you, know, you, <laughs> not, you don't kill her. 
It's the same principle. It's a true now, statement. I, but, it, but it tastes so good, William. Of it course tastes so it does. Good. Now, I, I was a, a meat eater up until 1990. I love the taste of meat. It still smells good. But they, well, here's my objection. Here's a, one objection I have for you, and that is that um, if I were to, you know, die in my house and or start dying in my home for some reason, break my leg, no one was around to know about it, and just start rotting away. If I had a pet like a kitty cat or a dog or something, there would be abs- They would have absolutely no compunction about coming up to me and just tearing open my entrails and eating me all up. I mean, the, animals don't have any issue with eating humans. Should they be able to get their paws on us? Why should we have a compunction about eating them? What about the supercomputer allowing dogs and cats to talk to each other? Do you think they're suddenly going to be friends? Well, anytime well. you can communicate, you're, you're going to have some alteration of behavior. That's not important. I, I, now, please, please, if you allow me to uh, try to help you understand, once you realize that what you're doing is you're 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 taking the life of another being. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get you that can, part. You, you can you know, and your objection basically sounds to me extremely selfish. You like to taste, but you don't need to eat animals to survive. I've been a vegetarian, a vegan, not a, I don't even eat fish or butter, nothing since 1990. But why can't can I just wait help. until the uh, the robots, the rise of the machines, until they start threatening me, and then just say, all right, I swear no, it off the, now, the, just don't I'm kill me. I'm not talking about the, the threat of, of the artificial intelligence. I'm just saying, when that happens, and it will, you know, just just forget the fact I that it's going to happen right now. Just what if you really could talk to a, a dog or a cat? I don't think they'd have a lot to say, I, but I do believe that they would. Uh, say, would I do believe they are feeling? Please don't kill me. I, I don't think dogs or cats. We okay, not, not too many of those saying, are eaten in the United States. Why do you but, keep me from going to the bathroom when I want? Why do you alter my reproductive? Be- they. They have well, so they can't keep pumping out babies and okay. uh, populating the streets. Are you against? Are you against uh, spaying and neutering too? No. What I'm what I'm against is a human being altering an animal. Now, the human beings are unique on this planet because we don't know how really to live. And when we take our values and force them on an animal to kill to eat it, or force them as a pet, we are removing an animal from the natural order which it basically could if it was But wait a minute the natural order is the food killing. chain and oh, no, Exactly people, exactly beasts and eat we, other are, beasts. we are at the top Right now Humans actually believe it or not William thing. you've actually inspired some phone calls people want to talk to you so William we're going to hold you over bring you back People want to talk to William maybe about his uh, vision for the future, maybe about the whole vegetarianism thing. I know, Julia, you used to live with a vegetarian, so I'm sure you've got some expertise Don't here. Don't forget the bunker. And the bunkers. I like the bunker. Those Me are too. cool. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. More with William coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's one 800 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so do enjoy those on us. And that again, freetalklive.com. Some of those features, by the way, include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, totally free. 
freetalklive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio today. That's d2z.org. Org. Now then, uh, I don't. There was a, unfortunately some sort of a, a drastic technical error that happened during the break. And uh, what happens is there's a special guest line that the the guys over the network have that they transfer a caller to if we're getting calls that want to talk to mm-hmm. them. But something happened during the transfer process that made it so we lost William, unfortunately. Oh. So if William wants to call back, he's certainly welcome to do that. That was a total accident. Uh, but we still do have some people that wanted to talk to William, but we're go- we'll, we'll give him a minute, maybe, and he'll check back in. We'll get to those calls here in a moment, but let's recap what happened. William called in. He said he's living in a, uh, living in a bunker um, at this point, and he lives in uh, Kansas, so he's built a bunker for himself, and he's concerned about the, you know, the rise of the robots, um, so to speak. Well, he the- wasn't really concerned that robots were, uh, or computers were going to rise up and take over. You, you sort of attach the... Uh- the T2 nomenclature to it. All he was saying was that at some point, AI is going to get to the point where we will be able to communicate with our food. That's what he's saying. Yes. Right. He's with saying animals. That, that with animals. And if we um, get to that point that we uh, are able to communicate with animals, then, you know, what's it going to be like before you slaughter the pig for your pork chops? That kind of thing. Right. And I, I see that it... He's he's probably right. There will probably be a time when you can talk to animals. Now, I don't think that animals are going to carry on long dissertations or um, write any poetry <laughs> that uh, changes the world. They're probably not going to pen the Declaration of Independence, but they probably could say, oink, I don't want to die. Oink. Um, Maybe. I, I, something like that, I would I would imagine. Do if, they if, even know they're dying? I mean... I, Ouch, that hurts. They can at, v- yeah. at the very least say, ouch, you're hurting me. Right. right. They probably don't have a concept of death. But, of course, I sort of know that when they're squealing. <laughs> you know, like that's what they're saying already. Now, of course, William would not find any of this very funny, and he is back on the line. Right. Uh, let's go back to William. Uh, sorry about uh, dropping you there. Are you there? William? Yes. Okay. Now, we've actually got people that want to talk to you here about all this, so we're going to go oh, right into the phone calls and talk to ladies first, of course. Mary Ellen in Utah. You're on with William. Um, hi. I, I wasn't necessarily addressing this to William's um, speech about um, vegetarianism, but uh, he kind of lost me at the very start of it when he said that his solution involved changing human nature. Right. Um, one of the things I love about libertarianism is that it works with instead of against human nature. Trying to change human nature is like trying to make a bear change bear nature. I'm, it isn't ever going to work. Because bears are bears, and that's what they do, and that's how their creator created them. So it's an impossible uh, task, then. All right, here's, 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 here's the sentence. Humans have reached the top of the food chain and now have the privilege of choice. Yeah. Yeah. We can choose not to kill animals because you we can choose. We can your human nature. And we can also choose to kill animals. Well, so you're saying course, there's choice involved, but then at the same time you're sort of suggesting that everyone should be a vegetarian. Well, exactly. When you, uh, an animal, I, I mean, how many people have a dog that they consider to be a member of the family? A dog is a Maybe. being, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it, it has a, a mind which has uh, an amazing aspect to it. It's been subjected and, and, and domesticated and altered, but it still has 
a loving nature and it loves you in spite no of what you No doubt about it. I, I used to have a very wonderful dog. Me and too. That doesn't stop me from saying, though, that there are too many dogs out there in the world. And Fine. if we're going to put dogs to death, we might no. as well put them on a dinner plate. No, I'm not talking about killing anything. I don't believe in killing anything. I know you're not. I am, though. Mary Ellen, final thoughts? I just wanted to say that any scheme that involves changing basic human nature is never going to work. Doomed to failure. That's thank you for the call. That's why our government doesn't work in a lot of ways. Well said, Mary Ellen, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, so, William, I mean, you said that it's... I want to point something out, by the way. You said that it's selfish of me to yeah. want to eat animals. And you're right. It is. Uh, yeah. I like the way animals taste. Me My too. life is all about me and uh, making me happy. And putting a succulent piece of chicken or a steak in my mouth makes me feel pretty happy. Now, you uh, are also selfish, William, because you make yourself feel happy by not eating meat. And that's okay. You should be free to do that. And of course, you're not threatening to throw anybody in a jail cell. You're trying to change them on a voluntary basis. You're trying to get them to come in your your direction. You would never pass a law, say, outlawing uh, or, or mandating vegetarianism, would you? You wouldn't have to. Wouldn't you realize when you can communicate with another being, all these beings that we're killing and eating, when you communicate with them, you will realize that they don't want to be food. They would prefer to have been allowed to exist in the natural order which well, this creation has allowed. Now listen, we have, humans are the only creature on the planet that's capable of destroying the entire planet. Every other creature, if allowed to exist in nature, will live in harmony with it. Yeah, but Even they'll if, eat each other. But they will eat each other, and they won't they stop. Will. Of course, they will eat each other. Right? You're not going to be able to. Uh, you're not going to be able. To, I mean, even in this fantastic future you've created no. here, where machines allow us to communicate with other animals and animals well. to communicate with each other, uh, it's not. Gonna, the birds are not going to be able to convince the lions to stop. You know, the, or the the uh, zebras aren't going to be able to convince the lions to stop slaughtering them. Of I mean, course not. Of course not. But humans haven't got a clue as to what that's really all about. We're so out of touch with the, the harmony that the universe has created, we think it's, it's wrong, in a sense, that, that they kill each other. But there is a harmony there. I don't know if the, uh, oh, the movie uh, Jane, uh, G.I. Jane or something, there was a quote in there from a book, the, the, the sparrow will fall from the, the, the branch frozen solid and not think a thing about it. It accepts, as, it accepts the world as it is, in, in the harmony of the world as it is, in, in, from everything except the human beings. We are so out of touch with the harmony. Now, that seems un unfair. Do you consider human beings to be animals? Well, of a sort, yes. Okay. But we're then how can we possibly animals. be out of harmony with nature? Okay, that's a, okay. you're really getting down to the nitty-gritty here. But the thing is, that's my job. we have the privilege of choice. Well, uh, animals get to choose, too, and that's not really fair. Like, for instance, if I put two bowls of cat food in front of my, my cat, Senior Grouchy Pants, he'll um, and one's, say, kitten chow and one's regular cat, I know for a fact he'll go for the kitten chow because it has 3% more fat in it than the regular cat food because mm. I've, I've given him this option. And so he, our, he's made a choice between those two bowls. Well, our choice is, is a bit more enlightened. We have a greater view. We have a higher, uh, more elevated, and more Right, we get to choose between charbroiled, deep fat fried, <laughs> and baked. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with William. Hey, I want to call and back this guy up as a principled libertarian. Um, I think that what he's talking about is an extension of what a principled libertarian would believe, and that is getting rid of the advocation of force <laughs> against any living being. Now, 
I think that. No, also, I don't think that's the. I think that the libertarian well, maximum stops wrong, at let humans. Me, let me clarify as to why I think you're wrong, because I think that uh, you know his his sort of uh, Williams talk about the extension of technology and and AI is an interesting point that he brings up because it I really think is technology an will point. allow. I think technology will allow us who are libertarians who don't believe it, you know, who don't advocate force to eat meat without killing. Um, the, luckily, the, the technology of oh. IVM, in right. vitro meat, right. is, is outrunning AI, which means right. that soon they're going to be able to grow meat in the lab. That's right. true. They'll have lab-grown meat relatively shortly. Uh, it, it won't be cheap, but um, they well, will have it. With competition, the price will come down. Hey, I don't care yeah, where the I'm damn sure meat comes be, from. I just want a succulent piece still, of chicken to put in my mouth. Right, be, and you're willing to kill for that. Like, some people are willing to have government in order to get there. Wait a second, Johnson. Wait a second. The problem is you're still going to be either, um, according to w- Williams' philosophy, you'll either be killing or altering animals in order to keep them from taking over. Um, all you have to do is go to uh, a third world country. You'll see there's cats everywhere. I mean, animals are going to breed, and you'll either have to alter them or kill them. Yeah. Uh, Well, William didn't say he was against alteration. Yes, he he did. Yes, he did. You are against alteration? No. See, he didn't say that. You you think it's okay to spay or not okay to spay? There shouldn't shouldn't be a need for it in the first place, but I'm not against it because we've... we've More on the way with William. Brad wants to talk to him. Your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away, and we do ask you to voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You like us? Then send us three bucks a month. It'll make a big difference for us because AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. What we do is we take that money in, and we don't turn it around into paychecks. We turn it around into promoting the show, to getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So learn more about the AMP program and some of the perks you get access to, like access to the AMP-only phone lines, uh, which we'll be going to here in a moment. Uh, All the details at amp.freetalklive.com as we bring back William in Kansas. William who has uh, built an underground bunker for himself and is also a, which I think is really cool, by the way, and is also a vegetarian. You're trying to change the world one person at a time, William, um, trying to make everybody into vegetarians. Though, now, we've also got Johnson who wanted to make another point. And Johnson pointed out that uh, that this there's this sort of in vitro meat process out there where they're, where they're able to scientifically just basically create meat from scratch. Am I understanding right. that right, Johnson? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other point that I wanted to make and the reason why I wanted to come back is the reason why I like what William is saying is because he's not a hypocrite. And I'll be the first to admit that I am a hypocrite when it comes to my libertarian principles in that I believe wholeheartedly what William is saying, and yet I'm a meat eater. And I will continue to be a meat eater because I like meat enough that I'm at the point where I'm still willing to kill an animal in order to eat meat. And I think that that is definitely, as Mary Ellen was making earlier, currently it is human nature, and you can't go against that. If you try to force people out of it, they're going to continue to kill kill animals no matter what. And I think that once we get processes like in vitro meat out there, those excuses will dissolve. It's the same reason why I am currently pro-choice, because the technology is currently not there yet to have, like, synthetic wombs to relocate a fetus as opposed to killing it in order for, you know, an abortion. And I think that these issues are very, very similarly linked. I think that if you are pro-life, 
but you still eat meat, you're a hypocrite. And it's, it's very similar, you know, because, again, the intelligence level, the self-awareness level of a fetus and an animal, relatively the same. Why is it acceptable to kill one and not the other? Good question, Johnson. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. William, um, you, any thoughts on that? That's a, a very uh, interesting point, yes. You know, I, I kind of wish I could touch a little bit on the ecology aspects and the psychic aspects of this because there are so many incredibly intense uh, uh, reasons uh, involved in becoming a uh, world of veg- vegan. Uh, that, uh, now, hold, know, on we're, we're hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought you were uh, advocating vegetarianism. Now, there's a difference between being a vegetarian well, he said he was a vegan. and a vegan. I'm a vegan. No, vegetarianism still allows for the uh, you know eating of animal parts. Now, um, animal parts, what parts? Well, milk and butter and stuff like that. But a so, vegan so, doesn't eat anything from an animal. Now, I don't even eat now, fish. Now, I understand what, what you're saying, but my question here is you, can all, you don't mind spaying and neutering an animal, but you have a problem with drinking its milk? Well, we don't need to, we don't need to ingest their substances. We can live without it. We and can. That's the choice. We have the choice. We have the intellectual choice. And I'm urging people to use their minds and make that choice. We're at the top of the food chain, and we can choose. You yeah. can choose to be selfish, sure, but you can choose to exercise your intelligence and allow those animals not well, now, to be hold forced. On. Don't be, now, that's not fair, um, it, yeah. because everybody's selfish at all times. I, well, well, I want yeah. to make sure that's very clear. Julia, oh. you had a point for William? Well, okay. I was going to say, I have, a, I have a friend who is vegetarian, and he does not eat any animal parts. I guess, uh, well, I, I, he drinks milk, and he eats eggs and that sort of thing, but he only he uses the organic, the farm the farm eggs and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. so that they're not in cages, they're not mean to their claim that they, yeah, free range chickens and free range uh, milk. So I was I was wondering how you feel about that. Okay, well now you know you're you're those are like the fringe border areas where people are are, are trying to approach the vegan thing and, and trying to you know live more in harmony with the greater universe because that's what we're here to live for. Now, as a side note, I've written a book on out of the body experiences and I have it published. So I know what the spirit within a human being is, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm a spirit in this body, but I'm living on this planet, and we must live in harmony with the laws of the physical universe. But you know, you have to realize you're a spirit in your body. Now, with the spirits in the body, there's minds and there's energies of the minds and so forth. I'm sure you all are aware of the psychic aspects. Just imagine... I don't know if I believe in them, but you know well, what? I've, we've got to go to more phone calls. I'm sorry, William. More people really want to talk to you here before the oh, hour's out. Let's go to great. Brad in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with William in Kansas. Hello, guys. Hey, you're on with William in the bunker. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, as we speak, I'm lighting my charcoal grill. You don't have to tease, William. <laughs> and I'm probably not going to cook vegetables on it, but, uh, hey, I did have a couple points to make. Sure. Um, I think you'd all agree that humans can uh, communicate with each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yet we have muggings and murder and cam- cannibalism and war. So I don't. Those are words that, that we use for um, you know, violence that we enact on each other. Sure. Right. So I, I don't think that just simply because we could communicate with animals would necessarily mean that people wouldn't enjoy eating them. I think you uh, might be right about that. William, your thoughts? Well, again, once you are able to communicate with a being you're about to kill, and it, it asks you why, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? I don't know. You could always put in some earplugs, I suppose. Brad, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's I'm continue. I'm not sure the chicken's going to ask why. 
You'd be surprised. Now, there are studies that show the incredibly complex uh, language that chickens have used. I just an article just within the last few weeks. It's an incredibly complex language. These chickens to talk. Pretty so interesting. Again, I'm going to Google complex language chickens. I, I, again, Good. I don't care where the meat comes from. I, I like the idea of the in vitro meat. If, if that can replace killing the animals, then I'm all for it. Uh, let's continue, though, with uh, going to the amplifier line and talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on with William in the bunker. Good evening, guys. How is everybody? Good. Good. What's on your mind? Quick, quick. Um, I just wanted to say that I have a different way of looking at this thing as, as from the spiritual aspect. Okay. And that is that the spirit of animals, such as deer and cows and other animals that are preyed upon by carnivores, are actually put on this earth to be preyed upon and to become food. That is the purpose that God has given them. Didn't, didn't the Indians uh, used to thank the uh, buffalo that they'd kill and that kind uh, of thing? Yes, I happen to be part Indian. I happen to uh, be descended from an Algonquin Indian chief on my mother's side. Oh, everybody's descended from chiefs. Nobody's descended from just regular old Indians. <laughs> uh, I, I actually know the name of the, or I don't know it because I can't think of it right now, but I have You could make it, it up. It wouldn't matter to me. Yeah, whatever. A friend of mine always used to say, what animal is more ready to die than a cow? (laughs) No kidding. Uh, I have uh, a story about that. There is uh, an in-law of mine who uh, owns a farm down in Mississippi and had a cow die because on a hot day it dipped its head in the water and forgot to bring its head out. Wow, because it felt so good to be in the water? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's why. <laughs> now, William, I mean, you've been sort of absorbing all this from Matt. Did you have any comments? Well, again, we have the privilege of choice. Use your intelligence and use that choice. You don't need to eat them. And when you do, your entire being changes when you are not eating the other parts of other animals. You're absorbing the, uh, certain essences, if you want to get really esoteric, you're absor- absorbing essences of these animals. And the essences of domesticated animals, you know, you're absorbing the essence of a, of a, of, of, just look at a cow, the, the, the stupidity of this cow stuck its head in the water. So you're saying, you're, that you're saying that Matt's making himself dumber by, uh, by eating animals? In a, in a roundabout way, you're absorbing the, the vibes of these things. Matt, and your, it's weird. your response? Well, I think that I'm actually helping the uh, dumber animals become smarter spiritually and actually helping them elevate. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Matt. We appreciate it. We've got time just enough for, I believe, Mike's dog is on the line from New York. You're on uh, with William in the bunker. Thanks. My dog's name is Samuel Beckett. I'm going to put him on. <laughs> Frank, Frank, one call per night, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call. William, you've got uh, the final word. Go ahead, sir. Well, beautiful. Uh, again, the privilege of choice. Human beings on planet Earth, let us exercise that choice. Let's not send the, the, the screaming agonies of these poor animals that are raised in the conditions they are. Would you, and, would you eat the in vitro, in vitro meat? Uh, if I was starving to death, I would eat a cow. No, no, no. I, the, in vitro meat. Crazy, the in vitro but, meat doesn't actually come from a real right, animal. Right, I understand. I've read science fiction all my life, the big meat farms and so forth. I would probably eat some, but, you know, if you can live without it, I mean, why do it? I mean, you. you know. 
Well, you know, if that's how you want to live your life, I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of it. As long as you aren't advocating legislation or advocating oh, forcing it's people to live the choice, way that you do. My friend, it's choice. Choice is what it's all about. We're glad you're out there listening choice. to the show, William, and thank you for the thank call. You. We really and appreciate hearing from you tonight. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control if you've been holding. We will get to you. Justin, Randall, your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Coming up, we'll talk about tanorexia. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Uh, call's been holding. We go straight to the phone calls. It is a show about your calls. So let's talk to Justin in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Justin. Hi. Hey. Uh, I want to talk about immigration, you know. Okay. I'm not for letting everyone into the country, but, you know, I especially say we should let the Asians in because, let's face it, no one gives better massages than the Asians. <laughs> Thanks and for the call, Justin. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Asians give better massages? They make good food. Well, I do like some American uh, yeah. Chinese food, that's for sure. But, you know, again... Lots of restaurants make good food just because Asians have good good food, too. I, I don't know if you can make oh, any I, kind of generalization about I that. I was not a, a really agreeing with him at Here's all. Here's the problem with uh, with what he's advocating. And and he, and he I don't really... It's, I mean, it, there's not much to dig into with his call, but but he's saying he wants more Asians here. Well, some people want might, might want more Indians here. Some people might want more Luxembourgians here. Some people you know? might want more Mexican food. My um, wife loves loves Mexican food. I can't stand this stuff. Right. So I the, can't either. So the question then becomes, who gets to decide who gets to come in? Who gets to decide what the quotas are and that sort of thing? And uh, will you be happy with what their decision is? Inevitably, not everyone will be. So really, the way it should be decided is by whoever can get here. That should be all there is to it. There does not need to be a bureaucracy and a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around arbitrarily deciding the amount of people that can come in. We touched on this last night with a story out of Canada um, about how... Th- Microsoft is moving one of their – they were going to open a new office in the United States, but they couldn't staff it with the people they wanted to from India and from you know around the world. So they moved to Canada, and they said, screw you, America. We'll take our business elsewhere. And so let's stop this insanity of trying to decide who is and who is not appropriate to, to live in this so-called free country and just let people come here. And, of course, get rid of welfare and, you know, get rid of all the government entitlement programs and all of that. That way, the best of people are coming here. That way, people are coming here that want to make a better life for themselves. Now, Mark, I know you have an immigration-related email. Mm, a good one. And I want to get to that here in a moment. But first, I want to continue with the phone calls and talk to, I believe it is Brad in Wisconsin. Do we have Brad? No, we already took Brad. Let's try Randall in California. Randall, you're on a Free Talk Live. Randall dropped. That did not sound good. That was a disconnect. All right, well, then let's jump into the email, shall we? Great. From uh, Bill. I never knew libertarians were such absolute race traitors. I assume that we speak for all libertarians as far as Bill's concerned, because I know that I absolutely do not. There's lots of libertarians out there, all different uh, sizes and shapes, and believe all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. So I guess it really is just 
I would have never guessed that you two are such race traitors. <clears throat> White mm, people. I are, don't know what that even means. A, a race traitor is a person who b- betrays their race. It's. Uh, well, how do you do that? Um, I don't know. Usually, it's used by bigoted people. That that terminology. Right. White people are not superior, but they deserve a place to live too, free of the control of other groups have a house? that hate them. I, I I don't feel like I'm being controlled by anyone except or the state. Or hated. Right. Yeah. Right. What? I don't know. That's what I look. I'm just reading are the email here. All Mexicans hate all white people. Are they? Are they? Uh, are Mexicans enslaving this man or something like that? Apparently, he's <laughs> concerned that they may. Where am I supposed to go? Back to Europe? So, um, you are so unbelievably bereft of any idea of how it goes down in the real world. You want to promote the continuing invasion of this country, yet you would probably scream racism and invasion if white and black Americans illegally migrated over the border to Mexico by the millions. Why would I scream invasion about that? Right. I think that uh, white and black Americans should be able to um, cross the border to Mexico, too. I'm not a Mexican citizen. I don't have any kind of control over what goes on in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But if you would like me to take a stand on Mexican immigration immigration into Mexico, I'm I will. I'm in favor of it. I believe that anybody who should um, who wants to should be able to immigrate into Mexico if that's what they wish to do. Absolutely. And they sh- um, should be able to emigrate from Mexico if that's what they wish to do. Because these little lines on maps keep people from being free. There you go, Bill. Damn that's right. That's my stand. Have you been to any of these Hispanic rallies where they yell, um, freely yell uh, the N-word and gabacho um, at non-Hispanics? Actually, I was at... Gabacho is really good soup, by the way. Um, gabacho? Ooh, I, I don't know gazpacho. what these terms... I, I don't know what gabacho means. Um, I'm sure it's, it, 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 it's used right alongside the N-word, and I don't... I'm, you know, gotcha. That's not a nice word. But actually, yeah, I was at an uh, immigration rally for Hispanics um, about a year ago, and funny... I was dressed in a suit, so I would have looked like the the man. Definitely a square white man. Yeah, I look right. like the man when I'm walking around with my camera, um, you know, doing uh, some work for a, a magazine that in the town I lived in. Yeah, none of them ever said anything bad to me. Um, you know, it was a uh, it was hundreds and hundreds of Hispanics there. They could have ganged up on me and took my wallet. Yeah, they, they could have done some huh? terrible things for me. No, all they did was when I asked them questions, they answered them. Um, they seemed like they were peacefully asking to be treated um, like everybody else. Didn't seem I I didn't hear anybody yell the N word. I didn't hear anybody yell this other word. Although mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't remember it because I didn't know don't know what it means. But I do speak Spanish. Learned it. I live in Florida. Makes doing business easier. It's nice to be able to talk to people in their native language. It's fun. Now, is there a chance that there are rallies hosted by um, racist Mexicans? Sure, there's a chance that those things I've, I've exist. Seen them, I've seen videos of them. I've seen KKK rallies before, but, too. But, but the problem here is, I believe, and, and there likely are racist, I know there are racist uh, Mexicans out there, but hate breeds hate. And that allows them more credence. When right. if, I, if, if a Mexican feels hated... Then he's more likely to polarize towards the other, the Mexican group that hates the people that hate him. Makes sense to me. And all you're doing is feeding these um, hate groups by hating the people that they're, um, you know, they're preaching to. Exactly right. Sort of like how violence breeds violence, hate breeds hate. Absolutely does. What's this guy? What else? Let's say he, he he doubts that I've been to a uh, Hispanic rally, which of course I, I have, and that's an example of. The racism you decry, which, of course, if they yell these words, and I'm sure that is true. I, we haven't, I don't I haven't like any racists. What you call racism, I call self-defense, he says. What? But that was like a sour taste in your mouths, right? 
you can't admit that these people hate whites and blacks these and want to see extermination down. because the thought is just too uncomfortable. The ter- terms like these people mm-hmm. really show this guy for who he is, as though it weren't uh, just obvious who he is and what he mm-hmm. believes. But when you when you try to label everybody as being of one unified belief system, right. they these hate white people. people hate whites. That's just not true at all. Absolutely. There are true. some racist Hispanics. There are some racist white people like this guy. There are some, I don't know if he's white. I'm ju- jumping to a conclusion there. But there are some racist black people. Racists are just the lowest of the low lowlifes. I don't care what color your skin is. If you hate somebody else because of that, because of the color of their skin or because of the plot of land that they come from or whatever reason you hate them for, beyond the fact that, I mean, beyond making an individual determination as to that person said something I don't like, I disagree with that individual to paint everybody with a broad brush and to say these people think this these people believe that just shows you as an idiot sir you're Simpleton. a moron yep i guess it's kind of like i mean he's referring to us here i guess it's kind of like when a dog is afraid of someone and gets on its back to show its belly it can't fight so it surrenders and plays friendly he's saying we are we're afraid of uh, hispanics you need to research all the types of people coming over the border not just the boo-hoo we're so pitiful stories Look, I'm not. I, I, I believe me. I'm not here being um, pitying anybody coming across the border. All I want is for pe- free people to be able to migrate across borders freely right. and to be able to work for what they want in life. I'm not saying we should give them anything. No, we shouldn't give it's them. It's not going to be easy. I don't believe for a second that an American taxpayer is obligated to take care of a Mexican coming across the border. Anybody coming across the border, or another American citizen. I don't the believe Americans are obligated to pay taxes. Take, uh, um, responsible for taking care of you is you, Bill. Does he have more? No, that's it. Um, he, Bill, soon to be double minority, thanks to guys like you. Double minority? I'm not sure. White and male. <laughs> Julia, do you have anything to say to that guy? I I, I don't even know what to say to that. I've never heard the term race trading before. Race, uh, race. what was it? Traitor. Race, race traitor. traitor. You're a traitor to your race, Julia. I don't even like to, I mean, I don't. That I don't, presumes I have some allegiance yeah, to my race. I don't worship white people. Right, and, race is meaningless to me. It's a random circumstance of birth. I happen to turn out to be a white male with brown hair and brown eyes. I mean, the color of my skin is as meaningless as the color of my eyes, or the fact that my eyebrows join together, or whatever. I mean, it's all just attributes on the bodies that we have, and it's all completely random. Oh, racists disgust me. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on our site, we give them away, including the bulletin board system. We're nearing 250,000 posts. We've got about 1,500 people, or actually over that number, interacting. It's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Continuing with the phone calls, let's go to ladies first. Dana in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Dana. Hi, guys. I just wanted to address something. I mean, we have been speaking to 
um, a man in Kansas who is who is basically holding himself up in a bunker, and he has some some very interesting political ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, my thought was um, a friend of mine had recommended to me recently a book that I uh, thought about reading, and unfortunately the name and the author escapes me. But basically, the point that this book was making was that America is is kind of like the fall of Rome. Um, America is at that pinnacle, at that point about where the Roman civilization was right before it started to fall, and, and apparently it goes through, um, there's a natural progression of all civilizations where you, know, you build up, you have these technological advances, you reach this point, and then inevitably you disintegrate, and there's, there's really nothing that can be done about it, or, or maybe there's nothing that the people care to do about it. I think there's and, a point I'd like to interject here, and that is that it's not necessarily the civilization that falls, it's the government uh, that inevitably falls in upon itself. And, of course, civilization sort of comes crashing down at the same time because when governments have gone in the past, it's tended to have been a violent death, and therefore people have lost their lives, property's been and destroyed, that sort of thing. A lot thing. of people, um, in, in the case of the American government, is people have allowed their civilization to become so enmeshed with the government that it's almost, in a lot of ways, the same thing. Government's right. so admired in our lives every day. But I think you're right, though. I think that the, uh, the observations you're making are, are accurate in that empires can only last for so long. Rome, did, uh, Rome didn't last, and this one's not going to last either. I think you're right about and that. And Rome fell because of a large government. Yep. Just like this one will. Yeah, essentially. And, and the question is, what can be done as a society to, to prevent these things from happening? And I thought, you know... If, if it's inevitable that American society is going to fall, shouldn't Mark take off his shirt? <laughs> Thanks for the call, Dana. Appreciate it. <laughs> wow, you got the ladies calling in for that now, Mark. I suppose oh, I God. should feel fortunate to have seen you with your shirt off, Mark. When did you see me with my shirt you off? You used to live here. Yeah, I guess that's true. I've right. seen you in your underwear, Mark. one 800 Not that it's that exciting. 259-9231. Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, inevitably... This country's heading to a rocky time in the future. I mean, regardless of Dana's uh, flippancy towards the end of the call, her her concerns are valid, and uh, people should be prepared for those sorts of eventualities. Um, people should have their money diversified if they possibly can, but so that way, you know, have some gold and silver and uh, invest your money and uh, be prepared, and maybe even build a bunker like old William in uh, in Kansas. Let's continue with the calls. You uh, can take control here. Let's go to, I believe it is Randall. We're trying Randall once again in California. You're on Free Talk Live, hey. Randall. All right, can you hear me? This we got time? you. What's on your mind? Hey, I want to talk about the Creation Adventure Team. It's these uh, DVDs that I got from Answers in Genesis. Have you heard of these guys? What is it, a Bible thing or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, fundamentalist, like uh, the whole thing is literal truth type of thing. Mm-hmm. So what about it? They spent, uh, like, it's set up with the same people that spent $27 million to uh, do this Creation Museum. Have you heard of that one? It opened this year? Yeah, yes. I think I heard a little bit I have heard it. about the Creation Museum right and how yeah, they explain okay. that the, the flood um, killed the dinosaurs or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, how it's all, you know, it's all the exact truth. Well, check this out. I got these DVDs from, from them, these children's DVDs. It's, like, targeted age 7 to 11. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a copy of it. And I use this program, DVD Shrink, that I use to uh, copy the DVDs with. Right. And it opens it up, and I found some subliminal programming in like it. Like what? Well, what it is is actually a um, corporate logo from a defunct um, web authoring company, Spruce Technologies. It went down in, like, Apple. I think Apple Computer bought it in, like, 2001. But these DVDs came out in 2003, and Spruce Technologies doesn't get any mention on the 
on the DVD, uh, you know, credits. What are you? What is you? What are you alleging, or what are you getting at here? Exactly. Oh, I'm saying that when they, uh, like about 50 or so times throughout the DVD, it flashes to the corporate logo of Spruce Technologies, and it's got some pretty choppy editing. Why? Why do you think they would do that? Well, I'm not sure, but they do have um, a lot of falsehoods. Some people would say. Yeah, like the whole um, Christianity when, when they, thing. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Yeah, we man. appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I don't know what the relevance of that call was. I mean, what are they doing? They're trying to promote a corporation with subliminal messaging that doesn't exist anymore? That doesn't make any sense. And subliminal messaging isn't really... I mean, there was a lot of sort of hubbub about subliminal messaging sort of in the uh, 70s and the 80s, but I don't know. I don't think it's really that effective. Now, I went to a Christian school, and I remember they uh, they took us off into the gymnasium once. It was in my um, elementary years, and, and they played some backmasking for us. They played uh, <laughs> some rock and roll albums, and, and somebody had taken, had taken the time to uh, play them backwards, and, and they would say... Yeah, and then the guy would tell you what that noise meant. Did you hear it? He said, "Worship Satan." <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, it all just seemed so silly. I guess I believed at the time, but now it just seems silly. No doubt about it. Uh, Eight hundred. I was seven. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Julia, have you ever experienced anything like that? No. Backwards masking. I don't think. Do they do that these days? How could you backward mask on a CD? Well, it'd be easier, actually. You just take the uh, waveform, put it into like a, a waveform editor on the computer, and mm. uh, just reverse it. I see. Do that. Uh, let's go to Nigel in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Nigel, what's on your mind? Hi, folks. Hey. Um, I want to go back to the race thing. Yeah. And about how public schooling contributes to that. That the, the public uh, schooling contributes to racism? Yes. Okay, how? Well, I grew up in Dallas, which the main Dallas area school district was still at the time under a federal desegregation order. And one of the ways that they did that was magnet schools in poor areas. And these magnet schools there for like arts or science or stuff like that. Okay. They would have a race quota of how many students from each race they were required to have. Hmm. So, and I, I had some friends in the arts high school because I didn't go there, but I, I did, you know, fine arts type stuff. And they were all very divided along racial lines. And, in fact, some of my black friends once accused me of being racist for not liking fried chicken, and I wish I was kidding about that. But You don't like not. fried chicken? No, I, I don't like it? fried things for whatever bizarre reason. <laughs> but, okay. So... It, and it just seems that whenever you divide people by race, you're going to contribute to racism, even if you're supposedly doing it for the purpose of eliminating racism. As soon as you focus on divisions between people that don't mean anything, you're going to get people to think that they mean something. Yeah, I yeah. think that's valid. I think you're right about that. I think when you force people together, it's just as detrimental as forcing them to stay apart. Nigel, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Hopefully we'll have enough time to talk about Anorexia. What is that? Well, you'll find out. And we'll talk to Mark in Louisiana. You can take your calls as well about whatever you want at 800 259 9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. 1 800 259 9231. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. That's, uh, again, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features for free. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there with dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to Shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine.freetalklive.com. Pop quiz, what do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? The answer is very little. The Prometheus Institute at readpi.com is looking to make a real impact in Washington. Not in 40 years, but right now. To find out what makes the Prometheus Institute different from all the other flatwater political think tanks, visit readpi.com. That's readpi.com. To the phones, to the fun. Mike in Green Bay, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike? Yeah, hi. I wanted to talk about... uh Corrupt cops and how a lot of people say it's only, say, 1% of the police force. Yeah, I don't believe that for a moment. I know, and so this is the argument I found to use, and I found to be fairly uh, useful. Because you come out to situations where you have, say, 12 officers who, who, who beat a guy. Okay. Or, or more commonly, like, three or something. So, therefore, you have to assume all three or all 12 are corrupt, right? Sure. Okay. So then if only 1% are corrupt, all three have to be corrupt, then you take 100 to the third power, you find that the odds are 1 in a million. And if you find that the odds are only 1 in a million that um, the police force is corrupt, then it uh, then people start to say, hey, wow, maybe you're right, maybe the number is higher, and you can kind of talk to them to think of what would be reasonable to assume uh, a number would be. Wait a minute, you lost me on the conversion to 1 in a million. How, what, what was that again? Okay. Say there's a one in a hundred chance that one individual cop is corrupt. Okay. If you were to grab two cops, both have to be corrupt for a corrupt action to happen. Right. So then it's, uh, you take the fraction one over 100 times one over 100. That's one over 10,000. And you do it again. Math on the radio. One. That's some fun stuff. Yeah, this is tough. It, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> and uh, so if you take three, so you take one over 100 times one over 100 times one over 100, you get one in one million. It's easier to just take it to the third power. You're saying it's a, there's a one in one million chance that all three of the cops would be corrupt? Yeah, if only 1% of officers were corrupt. And so that, therefore, if you know one person who was ever uh, brutalized by the police, mm-hmm. um, then they would uh, theoretically never have to uh, meet another person who's ever been the victim of uh, police brutality ever again in their lives. In order for the claim of 1% of cops um, being corrupt to be true. Right. And so you Got use it. that argument and people start to understand, hey, wait a minute, maybe this 1% doesn't make logical sense. And then they kind of are willing to listen to you a bit more instead of just repeating the catchphrases and bumper stickers. You could do that, too. Or you could show them some video. I just saw a, a video clip earlier today of some co- there was a guy with a video camera running towards a scene where there were obviously some cops around and one of them was kicking the crap out of some dude and there were at least at least seven or eight other cops that were standing around trying to prevent pe- people including the cameraman from um, from viewing what was going on so they were all covering for their their buddy and i mean it's just it, and of course then there's story after story of all these different corrupt cops out there it's just overwhelming and and uh, mike thank you for the call 
we appreciate hearing from you. It's overwhelming how many uh, corrupt cops there are. Well, I'm not ready to use the terminology corrupt entirely. Um, I think it's it's more about... Bad? How about uh, bad? It's more about sort of the authority, uh, authority in general, the, the, the concept of authority and the concept of sort of team player. And when you get those things together, when you make somebody an authority figure and tell them they have to work on this team, you're looking out for your partner. Mm-hmm. You're part of the... You're, you're looking part out of for the, the department. The, yeah, you're part of the team here. You've got to look out for, for your own here. Then blue line. And then you kind of get this... When somebody's in authority over another person, they... The, the lines of what's fair and what's right have a tendency to get blurred a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, in order to, to uh, you know, keep my authority, I must you know, be strong. They're doing and what they think is right. It, it, it sort of pushes things, uh, you know, pushes the boundary, the envelope a little bit. And then it's your job to protect that other person because he's on your team. The, you know, obviously the, uh, the ethnic person who he's kicking the crap out of on the ground doesn't have a cop uniform on, so he's not a good guy. And that's where the, I think the, the real problem comes in. Not really that police are necessarily corrupt individuals, that bad just, to the core. They're not Some corrupt, of them they're, are. They're just authoritarian and violent and mindless? I wouldn't go that, I wouldn't use that terminology. <laughs> 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Uh, let's go to the Daily Mail in Great Britain. Talk about tanorexia. Zita Farrelly began using a sunbed at the age of 14, and in fact, she saved up to buy one of her own when she landed her first job. For seven years, she had tanning sessions twice a day. When her worried mother stopped her from using the sunbed um, and uh, then restricted her to using it no more than twice a week, she just borrowed a friend's. Ms. Farrelly gave up sunbeds at the age of 21, so she did it for seven years, but by then it was too late. The mother of two contracted skin cancer, and last month she died at age 29 from the disease. Now then, um, looking at a picture of this woman, and by the way, I'll post this article at uh, the BBS later on so you can see it for yourself. You look at this woman's picture that was taken when she was uh, presumably 29, and she looks a little bit... Well, ragged for 29. She looks a little on the old side. Well, it makes your skin look old, getting out in the sun and tanning even with the machines. It's you'd Probably if you're going to go for that tan thing, you should... They've gotten pretty good with these tanning creams and that kind of thing. They, they still look a little orange, but they certainly beat... Um, if, if you don't like that pale look, they certainly beat being pale. I think pale skin, skin looks cancer. nice. I mean, there's some skin that's really white that's sort of, I'm, it's not my thing, but I used to tan when I was a young teenager, and I love my healthy, milky white skin. Well, no. I think it's, I personally think that, uh, you know, uh, more pale skin on women's attractive. So do that, I. That's what I think. But but it seems like society uh, or co- or the common culture disagrees. I mean, look at the magazines. Look at the uh, look at the the models and the fact that they're all sort of got that they've got that bronze tan look to them. And of course, the, because all the models have that look to them, all the young girls want to uh, achieve that uh, that same appearance. And I. It, this seems like it's really unhealthy to me. This seems uh, there's um, pale models out there. They're, they're certainly not the majority, but they they exist. Right. Well, when I was was into tanning, I was I was one of those young girls, and I totally had that mindset. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Tan- you thought tanning was beautiful. You thought yes. it was uh, attractive and that sort of thing. And indeed, I'm sure there are plenty of guys that think that. Um, but it's been bred into them. It can't be a natural thing. It must be something about. I think it's just uh, a preference issue. I, I, I didn't say anything wrong with that. I, I think that it's unhealthy. 
Ms. Fairley found a mole on her leg last August was diagnosed with melanoma. Doctors told her uh, told her they believed the skin cancer was caused because she spent so much time on sunbeds. She received chemotherapy and other treatment at the uh, hospital in Manchester, England, but specialists were unable to save her. She died three days after her daughter's first birthday. Her partner and aunt warned others of the dangers of sunbeds. Phil Burstwistle said his, uh, the machines had destroyed their family's lives. He said, Zita told me the day, uh, days before she died that she wished she could make a documentary about the dangers of using them. She said, if only one person was saved by seeing what had happened to her, she'd be happy. People need to know they can be so dangerous. He says, I basically spent the last year watching my girlfriend die before my eyes. I don't want any family to go through what I went through, and I think people should avoid sunbeds at all costs. He says, it's hard because they're on every street corner, but there are other ways to tan, such as spray tans and the fake moisturizers you can get. But really, doesn't this come back to, um, to accepting oneself? Isn't that really what the issue is here, to accepting yourself for who you are and, and, uh, and, and loving yourself enough to not have to constantly go out and, and change yourself, and, and especially in this way, this most, this most superficial of ways? I don't think that that means it at all. That's not, that's not what that means at all, no. When it comes to body modifications, tanning, makeup, all these sorts of things, plastic surgery, it's kind of a tough issue because, for example, I don't wear makeup and I don't tan and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could say people shouldn't wear makeup or, or I think that I have higher self-esteem because I don't wear makeup and that sort of thing or now that I don't. But um, I think that the important thing to remember when you're doing these sorts of things is that to make sure that you're doing it for yourself and not for other people. That's right. Get out there and take a shower for yourself. There's nothing wrong with showering, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. That's modification. You must not <laughs> love yourself if you're taking a shower. 1-800-259-9231. I'd like to discuss this a little bit more when we come back. The difference between showering and tanning. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should shop at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. we got Free Talk Live branded merchandise and merchandise that doesn't even have our logo on it. We just think it's pretty darn cool and we want to sell it to you. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and take a look at uh, and browse our selection. Um, I think you're going to find it uh, once you get the items. I think you're going to be very pleased with the, the level of quality as uh, we don't cut corners with the Free Talk Live store. There is no crap that we're selling in the Free Talk Live store. I think you're going to like it. So take a look. See store.freetalklive.com and place your order. Talking about tanning. And the a woman, uh, Zita Farrelly, over in the United Kingdom, has died just days short of her 30th birthday because she spent a lot of time in tanning beds when she was a young person. She started at age 14, quit when she was 21, uh, but in the meantime, she was doing it twice a day, as at most twice a day. And, of course, she ended up with skin cancer, and that's... Why she died um, was because of the the skin cancer. It's a tragic, tragic story, and it really points out the obsession that uh, we have in popular culture today with the tan, uh, with the tan form, with the tan, uh, tan skin, with that bronzed appearance. That it's it's an unhealthy obsession. It's just not a good thing, and and it seems silly to me that. 
I don't know how it started. I don't know what brought it about. I, I'm kind of curious. You know, what's the history of the tan? How did it become such an obsession for people? My I, understanding is that uh, it was shortly after uh, World War II, essentially the guys came back and uh, they had been overseas, and of course they didn't have suntan lotion at that time, and mm-hmm. um, so it it became a, a phenomenon after the GIs were returning home from World War II. I think that a lot of people don't know about tanning is that tanning is actually um, it's it's caused it by the pigments changing and it's a sign of damaged skin. Really? Yes. Uh, I can actually look that up here in a second, but tan so, skin is a sign of damaged skin. Right, which is why that this woman uh, again the picture of her here she looks like she's 39 instead of 29. Uh, she's just she just looks a lot older, which you know it, the women that are tanning themselves they want to look attractive, they want to be sexy. Not just women. Yeah. Okay, there are guys that tan as well. I don't notice that as often, but you don't uh, look at guys. I guess that's why. Uh, but anyway, the the people that are tanning they want to look sexy, they want to look attractive. But do they not understand this side effect? Do they not know that it's going to make them look older sooner? I actually worked with a lady who was about 45, and she. Uh, she was a would have been a what a, a, an attractive lady. She was a mother. She was um, very physically attractive, but her skin looked like she was about sixty, sixty-five years old. It mm. just had that like leather appearance to it, and it just looked so rough, and it didn't look attractive at all. And I think she would have been much more attractive had she had not wasted all that time tanning. Did she continue to tan when oh, you yeah. knew her in her 40s? Yes, she still tanned. Wouldn't you think that you would notice that your skin was getting kind of nasty and you'd give it up? You'd throw in the towel on that? Or is it just like you've gone too, too far, you yeah. might as well do it for the rest of your life, however short it is? I don't I don't know. You get a vision that it looks good, and so you continue, I guess. Well, now I want to jump back to something that you said before we went to break, Mark. You suggested that showering was somehow akin to tanning. Can you back that up? Well, you had uh, said that uh, it was it was people wishing to alter themselves was them not loving themselves properly, and I don't know if I necessarily agree. I think that there's a certain amount of maintenance that one can do, try to make self, oneself look better. Um, there's a certain amount of subjectiveness to that. If a woman wants to wear makeup, she thinks it makes her look better. I got no problems with it. Um, I personally am not a big fan of uh, makeup on women, but I right. have seen it applied properly and look good, I can assure you. So I'm just taking it to the extreme and saying, look, modifying yourself, like taking the disgusting oils and dirt you've accumulated during the day mm-hmm. off of your skin is you know, by showering is is not not loving yourself. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if that's modification of oneself. What about I plucking think hairs? I think that's that's a little bit more about presentation than anything else. I don't. It's you're not putting your you're not putting your life in about jeopardy. Presentation. But you're not putting your life in jeopardy by plucking some hairs from your head. I'm not suggesting that um, that the tanning is in any way healthy for you. Maybe going out right. in the sun is good for you. It produces vitamin D. I think it's all about moderation. Moderation. Yeah. Getting that's out fine. in the sun's good and healthy um, for you, and you should do that. You shouldn't go out and lay there and bake every day. No, certainly not. Um, I, but I think that you know there's a difference between presenting oneself in order to get a job or uh, you know go to work and and look good versus this sort of fake societally imposed uh, concept of what looks good. Uh, do, do, you, do you see the difference there, Julia? Is there a difference in your book between um, tanning and uh, and, and showering? showering? <laughs> yes, there is. 
Um, I guess on a personal level, I like to be clean because I don't like to be dirty. It doesn't feel good. And I want to look like a female, so I pluck my eyebrows sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I like the color blue, so I paint my toenails blue. I guess some people would say that you could draw the connection and say, I don't love myself because I don't go all natural, which is sort of what you're suggesting. But I'm not suggesting that at all. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying all natural is the way to be. I think, that, um, I think that there's something to be said for presentation, and I think right. that's important in order to interact with society. But I don't think that you're, you know, you're going to lose a job based on whether or not your tan is deep enough. No, I agree with that completely. Um, and I, I think there's a big difference between showering and tanning. I think that this sort of tanning obsession has been created uh, right. to some extent by pop and, culture right by pop culture and it's and it's completely unnecessary and it's damaging to young women at the same time they feel like they have to have a tan in order to be competitive with the other women so they can get themselves a man or i don't know i guess guys think the same way i, I guess they presume that women um i mean when you were a young more shallow lady uh julia were you more interested in men with tans was that something oh, attractive absolutely. to you absolutely really? i was very fussy about the way my men looked when I was young and I was definitely more shallow and I when I you were young those were called boys just so you know I definitely feel better <laughs> about myself now that I don't go through all those that process and tanning takes a long time I would lay out for half an hour every day in the summer and I could be doing better things right you could be doing productive things right. like instead enriching your mind damaging my skin right instead of uh, this sort of super this most the most superficial of things that you can do to yourself I just think it's really it's really unfortunate for uh, for young ladies in uh, in Western culture. I don't know if tanning is done uh, around the world or how popular it is, but obviously in the United Kingdom and in uh, in America, it's it's fairly popular. And I, I think it's just damaging and it's unfortunate. Um, but obviously, I'd like to hear more from ladies or or guys that tan. If you if you are one of the tanning types, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Otherwise, you can take control of the airwaves, like Steve in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Steve. Right. Hey, yeah. what's on your mind? I think we, you know, as a human race, you know, as what uh, Will was saying from Kansas, you know, I think we need to lessen our aggression. You know, and ways we can do this is by, you know, one person, you know, or a couple people, you know, doing something that stuns the people. You know, stuns people. Getting, yeah, you know, someone getting a over excessive tan, you know, or as you know, say, say Mark, you know, taking off his shirt. Man, they are not going to give up, Mark, until you actually... Now, are you actually watching the webcam when you're saying this, or are you just trying to get him to take his shirt off? No, no, I'm watching, and he has such, you know, he has one of those bodies that when you see him... He he is an Adonis-like man, isn't he? I absolutely am. I I have the the body of a guy. You know, what we should do, maybe maybe you you callers that keep demanding that uh, Mark take his shirt off, maybe you should pull some money together... And make him a real offer. Like, give him a real reason to do it. You I'm know? not really interested in uh, getting uh, getting money to take my shirt off. I think think that would make me what feel would it take? What dirty would it take, and used. Mark? But I I would be I'd be interested in uh, giving out a picture of myself with the you can see the you can see the prison tattoos too. Ooh, yeah, yeah. not too many people get to see those. Flexing with prison tattoos. If we could, I don't know, bump up the amp dollars a little bit. I love like the $3, idea. Like dollars amp? We I'm, can not, get you. I'm not interested in the dollars. I'm interested in donors. Um, in, in, in the number donors. of, of The number of people who are amplifying. We're, we're, we're at around 275, or no, 375 right now. Well, um, it would just be some incremental increase like from there. Like 500? No, my goodness, that'd be way too many. Um, you would want, it's still fresh, it's still sizzling, the whole idea of this, uh, I see. me taking off my my shirt and getting a picture of it. By yeah. the time we got to 500, nobody would care anymore. We'll you'd, need to, you'd need to put it at uh, 400 or 
380 or something like that. We'll try and talk him into it, Steve. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's apparently in high demand, Mark. Or at least there are three people that keep calling and asking for it, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. What, what, whatever, whatever it will take, it, we might get there. We listen to demand. We listen to our listeners. We know what you want. So... Uh, 1-800-259-9231 was the number, but we are just out of time for today, unfortunately. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We shall return uh, next week. Mark, by the way, I mean, you're going to be here for tomorrow's show, the Saturday, the live right. Saturday edition. But then but, I'll be off the air until Friday. But Mark is going to apparently one of the hottest places in America right now. Literally. you going to go party wise. down in Vegas. It was at 119 degrees today in Vegas, apparently. I'm not going to spend any time outside. And uh, he's going to be down in uh, Vegas with Garner Goldsmith, so uh, we'll have a bunch of co-hosts next week. More on the way tomorrow night. See ya. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.